Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe, also rate and review. Wouldn't it be great if there was one health book out there that actually addressed your whole body, mind, spirit? Well, let me tell you, there is. It is called Clean Eating Dirty Sex. It is not about dirty sex. It is a play off the word clean, sensual superfoods and aphrodisiac practices for ultimate sexual health and connection. This book is a healthy lifestyle guide. There are over 40 top experts from functional medicine physicians to registered dietitians to exercise physiologists to psychologists, sexologists, all engaged to help you live your happiest, healthiest life. There are over 50 fantastic, healthy, and delicious recipes. It is also a memoir where I, because I am the author of this book, Lisa Davis, share some very personal stories. Some are heartbreaking. Some are funny to help you get to where you need to be, to understand that it does take time to change, but that I am here along with all the other health experts in the book to help you. Don't let the title fool you. This book will help your communication, your intimacy, how you relate to your partner, how you relate to yourself. But if you do what the book says, it will also help you in every aspect of your health. So please go now. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's sold in local bookstores across the country. Check it out. Clean eating, dirty sex. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis, and I'm here with the fantastic Sunny Days. Good morning, Sunny. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, things are definitely rough. And we're going to be talking about that today (laughs) because I'm sure that I'm not the only one who feels this way. So Lisa, you know, COVID-19 has definitely been a deal breaker and a life-changing experience in so many ways. And, you know, we are all impacted by that. Every single one of us, many have lost their jobs, have lost their small businesses. There's a rate of 40% that small businesses owned by minorities will likely not be able to recover after this pandemic. So if you take that into consideration, and many of whom that's their sole income, add that to the other pandemic of white supremacy and the revolution of black and brown people standing up, that's a heavy, heavy weight to bear. So, you know, with that comes like this, this racial trauma, uh, you know, in addition to these pandemics, it's it's just, it's very heavy. Yeah, it really is. You had sent me this great article, how are black lives matter protesters protecting their mental health? And one of the quotes was, the more these images that we're inundated with, the more we may experience stress. We talked about this before, but I'd love for you to share a little bit about some of the ways that you center yourself, and especially being a Black woman and having to deal with racism and the microaggressions and the macroaggressions and all of the... Did you hear that deep sigh? I had a really deep sigh. I did. Yeah, the really deep sigh, because here, here is... And I want people to understand this. People of color, 
African-Americans, black people, brown people, after we experience these traumatic incidents repeatedly, I'm not sure people really think about the impact of our mental state. And it really does create, whether undiagnosed or not, post-traumatic stress disorder. And we are still expected to show up, whether that's for our families, whether it's for our employers, we are still expected to show up as a whole person. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have not shown up as a whole person since the murder of George Floyd. So I I want to be clear about that. We are not okay whether we say we are or not. So um, what I found, I mean, in addition to the things that I do, you know, I I meditate and I believe in balance and, you know, there's, there's, um, I won't say a lot that goes into that, but there are a number of things that go into that. But I wanted to refer to an article that I found. um, It's by Courtney Connolly. And um, she gives tips on, four tips actually, on how to manage the, the trauma. And the, the first one is to recognize the personal impact of these stressors. And that goes back to you know what I was saying earlier. I'm going to read this. Racial trauma, according to marriage and family therapist, Dr. George James, is the, phys- is the physical and psychological impact and sometimes symptoms on people of color who who have experienced racism. This includes seeing and hearing about the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, and countless others. So, you know, again, it's it's a, a cumulative effect, if you will. So number one, recognize the personal impact of these stressors. One of the first steps to knowing how to cope and deal with racial trauma is to first identify how these experiences are impacting you personally. According to Nicole, experiencing or seeing ongoing acts of racism can impact you on a mental, emotional, and physical level. So recognize how you're feeling. That's important. Number two, and you know, one of my all-time favorites, is to meditate. And um, in 2016, Nicole created the Black Lives Matter Meditation for Healing Racial Trauma, which is a 17-minute guided meditation that uses mindfulness, affirmation, and meta loving kindness to address multiple ways racism can target Black people's well-being. So that's interesting. And the third one, be honest with others about how you're feeling. And, you know, we discussed this. This is really important. A lot of times people will think that we're okay, but we're not. So one of the things Dr. Nicole says, if you have trusted colleagues, let them know you're feeling emotionally spent so that they can right-size their expectations about how much you should produce during this time, says Nicole, while adding that you should feel encouraged to also take breaks throughout the day when needed. Like that's critical. That's so important. And uh, the fourth tip is take time to unplug. And so one of the things that uh, Dr. Nicole says is in addition to unplugging from media, uh, both James and Nicole also suggest unplugging from work by taking a mental health day that is free of 
deadlines, emails, and conference calls. Give yourself the grace and space not to have to be as productive as you typically are, says Nicole. Many Black people are taught to push through no matter how they're feeling. This is called John Henryism or the superwoman, strong Black woman syndrome. And I can absolutely identify with that. Well, talk to us about that, about your own experiences. Again, you know, when these traumatic issues happen, we as people of color are expected to show up as our whole selves. And because I work in a predominantly white environment, people aren't impacted the same. So if there's an assignment that's due, I'm still given the assignment with no grace and the expectation is the same. Get it done without any uh, insight to how I'm feeling. But I will say this, this time around with the George Floyd murder uh, on the heels of uh, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and countless others, I actually sent an email to my manager saying that I'm not well, I'm not going to pretend to be well. Like I am suffering from emotional trauma. I had to. I, I owed that to myself, to be honest, and manage expectations. Well, that must have felt really good to do that. And something that I think more and more white people should be open to, well, you know, me, they better be open to it, but I would think so because there has been a shift. I don't know how long it will last. I want it to last forever. We're going to work to make it last forever. But in terms of, I've heard from more uh, black and brown people saying, I can actually bring these things up at work because pe- white people are asking me and they're like, Hey, are you okay? Because they're shit. They're shooken up too. Not to the same degree. It's different. I'm never going to say it's the same, but it's like the whole world is shooken up. So I think that leads to more conversations. Yeah. And, and important conversations and effective conversations and not just conversations. It is a call to action for everyone. We are all impacted by that. And I am so thankful that the leadership at my place of employment sent out an email to everyone to let us know that he stands behind people of color and what we're dealing with. And they want to find out ways to support us, support um, a functional environment, you know, how to diminish, mitigate, Uh, racism, discriminatory practices. So I, you know, it's going to feel like the phoenix, you know, after the fire, then we rise, but it's, it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. I was really glad that my husband's work um, that happened as well. And my daughter's school that happened as well. And I do, you know, I'm not Pollyanna ish at all. Um, not my personality. I'm more of a realist, but I, I do see the ch- I do see some change. Like I said, I hope it lasts forever. But we've got to move quick. We've got to act now. We've got to speak up because right now people who are might normally be closed off are listening. Right. That's that's my hope anyway. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. And you know what I see different with this. Time is that it's global. Not, I mean, even small cities in the United States of America are having rallies and protests. That's something I've never seen before, not in my lifetime. 
And so every single state within this United States of America has had a protest in one form of another. And that speaks volumes. Yeah, it really does. And I mean, there's so much work to do, but I, I do feel hopeful. And I think something else that's interesting is for me, I feel like I need to always be on social media. I, I can't miss a thing. I have to retweet it. I have to post or else I'm not being a good ally. And there was something about in one of the articles, it was talking about that guilt, right? Like, oh, I couldn't go to that protest because mm-hmm. I have compromised health and COVID-19 or I had childcare issues or whatever the thing was. I feel kind of like that. Like if I suddenly just post a picture of my daughter next to flowers, I feel kind of guilty. Like, geez, not everyone has this luxury. There's people being shot. And, you know, so that's, I'd love to hear how you think about that, Sunny, because I know I need to give myself a break, but then I feel like I shouldn't because black people never get a break. So why should I? So Lisa, I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up. It is necessary to take a break. While people of color may not get a break, it is essential. It's an imperative. We need to take a break. We have to. And it's okay to post about happy times and uh, how you're feeling, how your family's doing, different events, because that's real life. And, you know, we'll talk about this on our upcoming show, but there's also a term that's like for white people overcompensating. You know what I mean? Because you, because there's a guilt associated with what people are of color are having to deal with, then it's like, there's, there's a need to reach above and beyond, you know, and you're probably like, well, how could we possibly go above and beyond? And I say, when you stop taking care of yourself, when you are not mindful of balance and what you need to do for yourself, your mental space, your emotional space, your family, then, I mean, that's a, that's a, a necessary pause. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, that's one of the things that my husband and I were having issues with, or he was having issues with me is it was constant and it doesn't mean he doesn't care, but again, he's trying to protect his mental health. A part of me felt like, well, why should we get to right? Going back to that. It's not fair. F that I'm going to be miserable, you know, all the time, but that wasn't, that's not working for me. Yeah. And that's not healthy. And there are other ways, there are other ways to be impactful. You know what I mean? If you are using your voice and your platform to, to take active steps and to be an, I should say, to be an active ally, then don't harm yourself. Like essentially that that's what you're doing. I mean, it, it may not, appear to be that way. But if you're not taking care of yourself and your family, then you're creating harm. You're creating discord and you can't be helpful if you're not taking care of yourself. So one of the things I say is you can't pour from an empty cup, period. If your compass, if your cup is empty, you have nothing left to give. So you have to take care of yourself. And that means putting the phone down. That might mean, you know, first thing in the morning, don't pick up your phone until maybe nine o'clock. Give yourself time to sit in the stillness, to be mindful, to, to sit in a place of gratitude and to listen for possible strategies of how you can be effective 
in this fight against racism. It doesn't always require a tweet or a hashtag or a post. And, you know, we know that. Sometimes it's about really being still in the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, I, I took the day on Sunday and I went to this really cool place with my daughter. My side of my leg still hurts, but it's okay because it's called Purgatory Chasm. And it's just this gorgeous woodsy area where you basically have to climb over all of these rocks and they're huge to get anywhere. A little scary, but it was amazing. And when I was there, I had to be very mindful because I didn't want to fall. Right, right. You don't want to create additional issues. Yes. And it was a nice break. And it was important to her because she also feels like as much as she supports what I'm doing, she still needs her mom daughter time. Absolutely. It's a lot to think about. And I think we do need self care. I mean, that's something that's so important. My self care that I used to I used to get a facial once a month. That was my big thing. Well, I'm not I can't do that now because of COVID. But I need littler things, right? Because it's kind of like, stress out all month and go, go, go in terms of, you know, weeding every single thing, getting outraged and, and getting upset. And then I get my monthly facial for like an hour and then go back. You know, I need to do little things. <laughs> I do. I do miss those facials. Though. Some of those things you can do for yourself in this, in this COVID time. Um, I wanted to, to read something that I, I saw uh, on uh, Shonda Land. It oh, says, yeah. um, liberation is an everyday practice. Health, wellness, and vitality are all forms of resistance, especially for Black, Brown, and Indigenous communities, says A.O. Clemens, a somatic pra- mm-hmm. practitioner and a healer in Minneapolis. The more we take care of our mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being, the better we will be able to show up for ourselves, each other, and the movement. Oh, that's perfection. Right. That just brings it all together. Like, what else is there to say? Like, again, (laughs) if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't show up for anybody else. So self-care is hugely important during this time. Well, Sunny, I'm so glad we talked about this. This is so important. And people, please remember that COVID is real. It is out there please wear your masks. It's not a political thing. I know it's turned into that, but it really isn't. It it shouldn't be. Just wear a mask, social distance. I know it's tough. It's summer. People want to be out. Uh, My daughter's 16th birthday is coming up. Guess what? We're not having a party. Uh, We're staying home or we'll maybe go to a woodsy area where we can social distance or something, but we all need to make sacrifices and we all need to do what's best. So please keep that in mind. Sunny, thank you so much. I love having you as my co-host. It makes the show so much better. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. And where can people follow you on social media? I am Sunny Days, always. Sunny with an I, Days with a Z, always with a Z on Twitter. And Sunny Days, always on Instagram. Sunny Days, underscore, always. Wonderful. And you can find me at Lisa Davis MPH and be sure to rate, review and subscribe. Talk healthy today. It really helps the show. Tell your friends and family and also be sure to tune into active allyship. It's more than just a hashtag, which will be coming up soon.